The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon. Welcome into the Green Zone here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for the weekend. I'll be here today and I will be here tomorrow. Wesley Reynolds, Wes Reynolds will be with us momentarily live from Mandalay Bay as we discuss everything in a full slate of college football action. Yes, week one begins in earnest today. We've had plenty of games, but today it feels real, right? It feels legitimate as we have a lot of games going on, these early windows starting to close right now. And let's start with the game of the early slate. And I think this is the one. Uh, prime time. Everybody was looking forward to a Big Ten matchup between Penn State and Wisconsin, and we have quite the affair. High flying, high scoring. It is all knotted up at ten apiece. Eleven twenty-six left to go in the fourth quarter. Nittany Lions get a pretty good drive together. Eight plays, sixty-one yards, just now. Capping it off with Jordan Stout twenty-four yard field goal. Uh, I would say disappointing. Noah Kane with a long 34-yard run that set them up inside Wisconsin territory. Uh, but ultimately, on third and four, little conservative run up the middle from the Wisconsin eight for one yard. So I would have uh, changed up the game plan. But regardless, we have a tie game between these two to reset for you. Wisconsin closes as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, total of about 48-and-a-half here at the book that I am sitting in, Circa. So plenty of time for them to get in the end zone, cover this number. But it has not been the most well-played game up to this point. Uh, a lot of, you know, and this isn't an anti-defense complaint. It's just been a relatively poorly played game. Graham Mertz, less than explosive, a quarterback for Wisconsin, 14-22, to a buck 16, only 5.3 per attempt. And the running game's been going pretty well. Malusi for Wisconsin, 29 carries, 117 yards, four yards a pop. Uh, and that's really about a Garendo, of, of course, for Wisconsin. 43 yards, 5.4 per pop, and a long of 15. But outside of that, as a total, Wisconsin running for 160 yards and 3.5 per attempt. Nothing on the ground for Penn State up to this point. 14 attempts, 40 yards, 2.9 per carry. Trying to get it done with some big, big, big plays. I like that run we just mentioned, or plays through the air. But overall, I thought the story of this one came in the first half. How about this? In this first half, Wisconsin consistently shooting themselves in the foot to the point where we had a scoreless tie. At the break, Wisconsin in the first half, 12 to 1 edge in first downs, outgained by Penn State by 89 yards. Two drives ended inside the Nittany Lions 10 yard line, but they failed to cover the first half line. They failed to score 
in that contest, so in that first half. So right now, Wisconsin, nobody to blame but themselves after that first half. We'll see if they can ultimately put this one again. But we have, again, a 10-10 to tie between Penn State and Wisconsin. Now, going around the early games, uh, there are some that are not worth mentioning. There are some interesting ones, though, that are hanging in the balance as well in terms of covering numbers. Uh, how about the plucky two-lane? Uh, Oklahoma, 40, two-lane, 22 right now. They've got the ball, 47-yard line uh, for what looks like the two-lane green wave. But regardless, uh, this is one that closed in favor of Ohio, Oklahoma, excuse me, 31 and a half. Tulane right now at the Oklahoma 44-yard line, so we'll see if they can march this thing in. But, of course, staying, they're within 18 points right now. This has been a game that we've watched the first half. Tulane picks off Spencer Rattler early. They get their first two drives in the back of the end zone, get really stagnant from there. And i got to say, less than impressed with Spencer Rattler early. Uh, Rattler, of course, with the interception. A lot of high throws for Rattler as well. The arm's pretty live, but it's somewhat similar to the performance we saw out of Oklahoma. The scheme, or excuse me, Ohio State a couple of nights ago, the scheme is so good. Guys are running wild, running wide open, uh, but ultimately Rattler just has not, doesn't have to do that much. And some unimpressive throws for Rattler, I think, have Tulane in this. Some red zone possessions that got snuffed out. Tulane doing everything they possibly can to stay with an inflated number. Remember, some spots open this in the offseason. Oklahoma minus 21 and a half, one of the first numbers we saw on the board. So a massive number that Oklahoma's trying to cover here. And it doesn't look like that's going to be the case here in the fourth quarter, but again, plenty of time for madness to ensue. But Tulane right now has a second and 15 at about midfield to see if they can continue to add on to this. As we look throughout, though, a couple of snoozy ones, right? A couple of ones that you just want to get through. Uh, how about the, I think, interesting contest between Rutgers and Temple, at least before the game started. Rutgers, remember, this game got delayed. was supposed to be played on Thursday. Of course, everything going on with the weather up in the Northeast pushed this to today. Well, Rutgers was about a 14-point favorite, 14.5-point favorite at the close. They have a 54-14 to lead over Temple. One of the things that I wanted to watch in this was how this offensive line for Rutgers was going to match up against a Temple offensive, uh, defensive line that was essentially rebuilding. Uh, right When you talk about transfers and guys coming in, 141 yards, 4 yards per attempt, a, a consistent ground game for Rutgers up to this point when it comes to this take with Temple. So again, 54-14, 10-48 left to go and ticking in that matchup between Rutgers and Temple at this point right now. So we'll keep you up to date on everything here on the Green Zone. And it is a green zone here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I get a little confused sometimes. I'm on like six different shows. Sometimes it's an audio thing. Sometimes it's just me saying that over again. Uh, Wisconsin and Penn State, for those who are just joining us here, I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Wes Reynolds is going to be along momentarily as we look at everything in the world of college football. Wisconsin, a big third and eight here uh, for Graham Mertz and the Badgers. Right now they're on their own third. I'll call it 27-yard line. Again, a 10-10 tie between these two. A disappointing performance for Wisconsin up to this point. See if they can convert this third and eight and continue this drive to potentially take a lead. And a shot to the right side is going to be, ooh, almost intercepted. So Mertz and the Badgers will punt it away to Penn State. We'll see if the Nittany Lions are going to have anything left. want to update a couple more scores really quickly for those of you who are watching, and then we'll get to some of the games that are set to kick off uh, in actually a couple of minutes from now. One of them that I do have some action on as well. Actually, a couple of them. And I know Wes will be involved too because uh, his Hoosers getting set to kick off against Iowa. But one more update, and we do have some of these games that are getting a little lopsided, right? These early games, some of these non-conference matchups against lesser opponents tend to get out of hand. Michigan, 47-7, to lead over Western Michigan with 727 left to go. Mr. Uh, Michigan closes as a 16.5-point favorite with a total of 65. How about UConn? Down, they opened up as a four-point favorite, closed as a three-point favorite to Holy Cross. They are down 31-28, to but they've got the ball there on the Holy Cross 43-yard line, 11:39 left to go in the fourth. Not going well. Not going well for UConn, and we know how lowly they are powered in the grand scheme of things in college football. And also Army and Georgia State. Army with a 43-10 lead over Georgia State, 329 left to go. Uh, we saw this actually open Georgia State minus four, close Georgia State minus two with a total of 49.5. Big drop on the total there. Uh, but right now uh, we have that game over the closing total and Army with a commanding 43-10 lead in the final few minutes of that contest. And I think one of the ones that kicked off about an hour ago, a big one over in the Pac-12, a rough look-ahead spot for Oregon, who is Ohio State coming up. They get to take on a Fresno State team returning a lot of personnel offensively. Jake Hainer and the Bulldogs have a lot coming back. Eight offensive line was starting to experience the entire running back room, wide receiver room as well. And this is a 14-3 lead for Oregon, but Fresno State's got the ball, and they're looking to drive first and 10 
at the Fresno State 29-yard line. With that, let's welcome in the partner in crime for today. Wes Reynolds uh, is live from the other uh, the other spot, the Mandalay Bay. Wes, you're looking great, so <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, I'll ask you. I've been going through the scoreboard, taking a look at the numbers of the early games. Uh, it's hard not to start with Wisconsin and Penn State, but what's your takeaway from some of these early contests, my friend? Yeah, and that's the game that's on here at the Mandalay Bay, where I am uh, currently broadcasting out of uh, in commercial break, 10 to 10, Penn State and Wisconsin. Look, uh, it's been good defense, but it's also been bad offense. Yep. It's not necessarily one or the other. And uh, Penn State had one first down, and that's who I'm actually on here at plus five and a half. And uh, got lucky with the first half at taking three and a half, because when you get one first down, you don't expect to cash a ticket, but certainly did, at least with Penn State. So very even. Sean Clifford just hasn't had a lot of time to throw. He's been getting a lot of pressure, obviously. This is the first time, I won't call it a new offense, John, but new offensive coordinator there with Mike Yursich, who yep. comes in from the Texas staff and was previously at Oklahoma State. So this is Sean Clifford's fourth offensive coordinator in five years at Penn State. So not surprising that there's at least a little kinks in the system that certainly need to be worked out, but the Nittany Lion defense have absolutely stepped up and Quite frankly, Graham Mertz has not really looked very good here. So we're at 10 to 10 here, I believe, just looking at the clock. A little over 10 minutes to go here mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter in Madison. But uh, a very nip and tuck Big Ten game. One Big Ten team, of course, not having any problems is the Michigan Wolverines. And Western Michigan took a little money here, went down to 16 and a half. This has been a no-doubter here, 47 to 7, about five minutes left to go in Ann Arbor. So let's go to, uh, we have a couple of games of note that are kicking off in the next 20 minutes, Wes. So let's preview those really quick before we go back to some of these live games. And we'll start with, I want to start with your guys. Uh, Indiana on the road against mm -hmm. Iowa. Iowa right now, three and a half point favorite with a total of about 46, depending on where you look. You know, reading, uh, when you look at your Hoosiers, Wes, I, I think it is somewhat surprising uh, when you look at this overall, the opening number of five, and we're down to that area. I think Indiana looks like they're in a pretty good spot here, given what they have back on this defensive line, given the offensive line that they're going to be taking on here, that the level of talent that I think in depth that you have offensively for Indiana, it seems like the Hoosiers are going to be pretty live in this spot. I've got Indiana catching four here. Uh, what say you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a rumor, by the way, that was kind of out there that maybe Michael Penix Jr. was not going to go today and that he was going to be a scratch. I did get confirmation. He did warm up with the number one unit there in Iowa City. So unless we get some uh, very, very late news at the final hour here, Michael Penix is going to be good to go as QB1 for the Indiana Hoosiers. And that's obviously very good news if you're on the Hoosiers at three and a half or four. I lean to that spot, John. I think the number probably is right from a spread perspective I did play a little under 46 and a half both of these teams are better defensively I think right now than they are offensively because you do have Michael Penix coming back from that torn ACL he has a new running back with Stephen Carr so incorporating him into the offense Fry Fogle is back their big target but this is an offense that I think needs a little bit of work and Michael Penix has not played in a while so there's perhaps he could be out of sync Iowa on the other side for their offense Spencer Petras I thought was good, workmanlike, but not really great last year. And Iowa does lose three-fifths of their starting offensive line. But the thing about Iowa, watching them over the years, if you've watched this team, they can always find a way to run the ball. And Kirk Ferentz does probably as good a job as any college coach at developing offensive linemen. So you got to think that Iowa is going to be able to run the ball. They don't seemingly have a lot of playmakers at receiver. Maybe one establishes himself uh, later today in this ball game, but... You know, I, I, this seems to be a little bit of a slog, kind of what we're seeing yep. right now with Penn State and Wisconsin, kind of an old-school Big Ten game. And I know 46-and-a-half is a low total. You had that other low total last night with Michigan State and Northwestern that eventually went over because Michigan State had put it so out of reach that they were playing kind of that conservative defense, giving Northwestern the underneath, really not being that stingent against the run. So you're always worried on these low totals in college football, but I do like the under here in. In Iowa City. Quick update. Uh, it is still knotted up a 10 apiece, but Penn State has found their offense suddenly. Sean Clifford with a big pass to Jahan Dotson for 42 yards gets them down to the Wisconsin 21. And then now you have a first and goal for Penn State. They are knocking on the door looking to take a lead over these 12th ranked Badgers in Madison. So Clifford with some big chunk plays west to get them inside of the red mm -hmm. zone. We'll see if they can get in on this first and goal attempt. All right, so we move on from there. The big, big boy is, of course, Alabama and Miami, uh, something that you and I share a play on here. 
Alabama, 19.5-point favorite, total dominating the board, 61.5, still a 62 out there on my screen that you can get if you want it. Uh, but what is your read here on this? Because I think uh, I got under 62 here, and I know that you do too, and I think you have a little on the first half. Yes. Uh, look, uh, Bryce Young, yes. I think, by the end of the year, could be a really good quarterback. But when you talk about Alabama, mm-hmm. with only about five guys coming back, a, a just everybody, no, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of key guys supporting uh, top two wide receivers, Najee Harris, right? You're starting tight end that started 10 games for you last year. Skill positions all gone, right, on to the next level. I just think we get a little bit of a slower start for an offense that is now under a new coordinator, uh, right? And I think, that, you know, you look at the other side, Manny Diaz now calling plays. We'll see if that works. But there's a lot of returning personnel missing two defensive ends for this Miami team, but good depth coming back, especially in the secondary. I just think we see a little bit more of a reversion back to a slower-paced, run-first like run type of offense for Alabama. Really, really good defense for the Crimson Tide as well. I expect this to be a lower-scoring contest, so he took this under 62 as Noah Kane punches it in, and Penn State has a 16-10 to lead with the extra point pending. What say you about Alabama and Miami? Yeah, I'm with you for all the reasons you mentioned, JBT, on the under. I do want to get some breaking news. I think this just came right when we came on the air. This per The Athletic, I'm not sure if you've gone over this yet, John. We were trying to get set up here. Mm. Against Alabama here, the Miami announced three suspensions here. Safety of Ante Williams will be suspended six games for Miami. The reasons are not disclosed here. Running back Jalen Knighton will be out four games. Larry Hodges, the tight end, will be out two games. Hasn't really done anything to the number that I've seen. Pretty much 19 and a half is what I'm seeing market-wide. couple 20s out there, 61 and a half by and larger total. But I am absolutely with you on the under here because, look, on the Alabama side, Bryce Young is going to be good in time. But this is your first, this is your first start. We did kind of see it on Thursday night. Now, eventually, Ohio State scored 45 points, which doesn't do much of a case for the under. But... We saw J.T. Stroud had a little bit of jitters early on and was a little bit uncomfortable. You may see that with Bryce Young. Miami, their defense is now basically being coordinated by the head coach, that being Manny Diaz. He is now the play caller on the uh, defensive side of the ball and, of course, was a defensive coordinator for many years before he finally got this head job at Miami. So... Miami does bring nine starters back defensively. I think they're going to be better. I think this Alabama defense, it looks like, especially with that defensive line and eight starters back, this may be their best defense since like 2017 when I believe they only allowed about 11 points and change per ball game. So this is going to be a much better defense, to your point, on the under. I think you got two decent defenses here. And also there is a question mark in terms of De'Eric King. How is he going to come back from that from that injury? Is he going to be the same? Is he going to be 100%? Is he going to have to play differently? Is Rhett Lashley going to have to kind of call a different offense? We know Rhett Lashley from his time at SMU and a couple other stops before coming to Miami. He's a lot of he's very much a tempo coach, and they want to run tempo, tempo, tempo. I don't know if they can really do that necessarily with Derek King. Uh, we're going to find out here in a little less than a half an hour. But to your point, I am with you on the under first half and full game. Uh, the thrilling contest that is Penn State and Wisconsin continues. Uh, Penn State punches it in. It's reviewed. It is upheld. So they have a 16 to 10 lead. Extra point and Jordan Stout, no good. So it's a shank. And Penn State holds on to a 16-10 to 10 lead. Badger's going to get the ball with uh, just over nine minutes left to go. Very fitting, Wes, for this game that the extra point on the uh, touchdown that gives yes. Penn State a lead is missed. Yes, absolutely. And let me get a couple final scores in, by mm-hmm. the way, because we're now, as we get into this 12:30 Pacific, 3:30 Eastern window, we are getting some finals from the early game. Army takes care of Georgia State as about a two, two and a half point underdog down in Atlanta, 43 to 10. Easy win for the for the Army Cadets and the guys from West Point. Also, Kentucky does get a late score. I know there were some sweats on that. They were up 28 late. They were laying 31. They do get the cover, 45 to 10 over UL Monroe. So that is a final score. Colgate or Colgate shut out by Boston College 51 to nothing BC was laying 42 and a half and then Nebraska does it took a little while they started out slow out of the gate but Scott Frost does get a win for the uh, Cornhuskers covering the 42 points 52 to 7 your final score and also Kansas State 24 to 7 over Stanford Kansas State got the money and that money was rightfully placed this went from a two-point underdog to a three-point favorite K-State now 1-0 on the season 24 to 7 and uh, Stanford uh, boy how the mighty have fallen with that yeah. program yep absolutely and we, we had a quarterback switch in that one as well 
Uh, so we'll see mm-hmm. if that is going to be the case going forward for Stanford if they move on uh, to their other guy that they have out there. Uh, name escapes me uh, as we look at it uh, for Stanford. Excuse me, uh, Tanner McKee. See, thank you, Tanner McKee, who took yes. over there. Uh, at 15 of 18 for McKee, 118 yards, one touchdown, 6.6 per attempt. Took over for Jack West, who started. So maybe a, a new era for Stanford, just one game in to this 20, uh, 2021 football season. Mm-hmm. All right, 12.30 starts here. So we went over Alabama, Miami. We went over Indiana, Iowa. Uh, do you have anything on West Virginia and Maryland here? Because if we look at this from the Maryland side of things, uh, Talia Tungalailoa, of course, looks like he's going to be the guy. Quarterback for the Terps. Uh, there is some returning personnel for this offense, right? Running back room seems pretty deep. Wide receiving core, what are the deeper ones? in terms of experience and talent, uh, right, in the Big Ten, it seems. Uh, it's all kind of tied to what Tonga Vailoa is going to be able to do with this offense, Wes, and he's taken on a Big 12 defense uh, that is actually really good. West Virginia was great a season ago. They returned a lot of personnel. That linebacking core looks like it's going to be pretty good, too. West Virginia, two-and-a-half-point favorite over in College Park. Understand the line move. Would you have anything here? I do not, and look, I kind of was late to the party. A lot of people I respect did take Maryland as a yep. small underdog here. Now driven it through three. Not that necessarily three is as much of a key number in college football, certainly, than it is in the NFL, but this might be something that I'm going to wait to get involved in game because I certainly understand that. Uh, you know, and you mentioned with West Virginia last year, even though Neil Brown is more of an offensive coach, They only allowed 20 and a half points and 291 yards of game. That was fourth in the country in yards per game. Jared Dagey is back at quarterback. They've got a very good running back in Letty Brown. Uh, So if you look at the Terps, last year the Terps were kind of such a mixed bag as a team because they were the first FBS team ever to win back-to-back games as an 18 or more point underdog last season. 17 starters back with Talia to his younger brother back. Receiving core is very good. Demas and Rakeem Jarrett, these guys are high four-star and even five-star guys at Maryland. So this is going to be some guys that have some game breakers at the receiver possession. But uh, I'm probably going to wait and see if I can find an in-game spot because I've missed a boat on the early number. Yeah, all these games set to kick off in about 11 minutes. I do want to know, too, uh, kind of a story of the day. is we're, This is going to be a later kickoff, Wes. Uh, but... There have been rumblings that Justin Ross is not going to play for Clemson. Looks like he made the trip. We'll see if that's officially going to be the case. Davos Sweeney has yet to officially announce so who or who not might who might not be available for Clemson. Uh, but want to update this because the number has moved. Where you mentioned right, college football three maybe not so much a key number. I think that there's a conversation mm-hmm. we had, and I'd love to pick your brain on this. That maybe in these higher level games like this, it's a little bit more key, right? Because the level of competition yes. is more solid. It's a little bit closer to the professional game. But regardless. We're through that three. We're now two and a half dominating the board in favor of Clemson. Two and a half point spread. Yeah, and I did lean the Georgia in this game. I know you like the Clemson Tigers, and and this is a coin flip game because you got essentially two top five teams here that are every bit college football playoff contenders. So you are really splitting hairs, I think, with with this game. But obviously, Clemson is the more proven commodity. It's like Kirby Smart. They still got to kind of prove that they can win one of these big games, but they're getting their fair share of buyers, and this is what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be two-way action where Georgia would get enough respect from the betters and from the market here. So now down to two and a half, and you're right. I do think this key number is going to matter when you've essentially got two teams full of pros up and down this roster. Yeah, we'll get into this game at length as well uh, because I want to talk to Wes about this, but looked like the Tulane, uh, Tulane Green Wave had gotten a third interception from Spencer Rattler. It's called back because of defensive pass interference. Uh, I think there's a real argument to be made that that was offensive pass interference. Regardless, a less than impressive performance from Rattler in Oklahoma against Tulane, who were up 40-28. to All right, we'll come back. We'll update that game. We'll give you some closing numbers as well as we get closer to kickoff for these 1230 contests. Hey, it's a full Saturday as well, which means we got baseball. we got a lot to cover here on the Green Zone. Don't go anywhere. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on... 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL kicks off in less than a week. College football is here. It's the time to get into the BetMGM Sports Nevada premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. Open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Wes. Wes Reynolds alongside. Uh, We're going to get into this Oklahoma and Tulane contest in just a moment. Uh, We do have... A pretty big moment here in Wisconsin and Penn State. Graham Mertz scrambling on a third down uh, is absolutely stuffed short of the first down. But I don't know if they're reviewing targeting. We don't have the benefit of looking at their listening to the sound. But there is some helmet-to-helmet contact here with the Penn State defender. So I would assume that is what they're looking at here at this point right now, Wes. But this is a pretty big moment if indeed that is the case. Yeah, but the thing is, John, we, you and I and nobody else seems to know what targeting is Correct. based on what we've seen just in, like, the last couple of days in college football. There was helmet-to-helmet, helmet, but 
Look, that's not always ruled as targeting, but this is the review here. And by the way, it is fourth and two because Mertz was uh, was uh, short on that carry. Yep. So uh, awaiting the review here in Madison. 531 left to go, by the way, to get you updated on the score if you're not watching. 16 to 10 Penn State. So we will. Uh, I will look to see the reaction of the crowd, and I'm seeing some cheering uh, hands there in the stands in red. So number 13 for Penn State, uh, Brooks, is going to be disqualified for the game. That is, in fact, going to be ruled targeting. So uh, a big spot here now. Five and a half minutes ago, Wisconsin with the ball. Two timeouts left. Penn State has three. So drive is going to continue for the Badgers. So let's go to a game as we keep an eye on this uh, final few minutes here. 531 left to go, so plenty of time. There's less than five minutes left to go between Oklahoma and Tulane. And I wanted to talk about this because I think West, despite the fact that they're up 40 to 28 here, I think this is a less than mm -hmm. impressive showing from Oklahoma at this point. Spencer Rattler as well. So I mentioned that looked like he threw his third interception of the day, called back because of defensive pass interference. Well, Oklahoma misses a field goal. So it's still that score 40 to 28 with Tulane now having the ball and moving again right around midfield. Keep in mind, for those who don't know, Tulane, of course, had a tumultuous journey just to get to this point. They rescheduled this, had to put this back yes. in Norman. Uh, they, they did yes. a nice little thing of painting the logo on the field for Tulane. But this has been a tumultuous journey for Tulane to get here. And yet here they are, only down 12, well within this number that closed here. But what have you made at this point? Because I had my reservations. You know, one of the teams that I had circled big picture-wise was Oklahoma. But going back and seeing some big moments from Spencer Rattler, the up-and-down play at certain points last year, I just held back eventually from playing anything future-wise. And ultimately, in our college football, I picked Iowa State to come out of this conference. Again, don't want to freak out after one game. But this is kind of a continuation yeah. of some uneven play from Rattler that we saw last year. So what, is your, what, did you, what have you seen from Rattler, and what do you think of what we've seen here against this Tulane squad today? Well, first of all, on the Tulane side, I want to give really Fritz's kids credit for hanging in there uh, with a lot of adversity. And uh, by the way, those uniforms look absolutely sweet. I Agreed. love those light blue unis with the white pants. That's a good look for Tulane. And it's been a good look because they're going to stay within the number here. They do have the football only down 12, keep in mind, with four minutes left to go. So still not theoretically out of this game yet. But you kind of see the same issues with Oklahoma, John, I think, especially on the defensive end. I know that Tulane was behind in this game, so sometimes that gets deceiving, but they've given up 260 yards, and their pass defense, it's kind of very much like Ohio State, what we saw on Thursday. It's like we don't want to press the panic button, but there's still some things to be worked out on that side of the ball, especially in that secondary and with the linebacker core, because uh, Oklahoma, actually, their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, yep. used to be at Ohio State a few years ago, so both of these teams still have the issues here, and that's what's kind of keeping them from getting to that national championship game or at least winning the national title in the college football playoff because when you play a team like Alabama and you play a team like Clemson they've got weapons and they can exploit your bad defense and their defense is good enough to stop your offense at least a few times a game and that's good enough to win so that's, I think, more of the concern. I know Spencer Rattler threw two interceptions. I'm not as concerned about Lincoln Riley and his offense there, but I think the defense uh, still has some things to work out here in the first game. They're fortunate they do get Western Carolina an FCS opponent next week. Yeah, and uh, Tulane, you look at a couple of these spots, Wes. 3-12 on third down is not great, but how about this? 4-5 on fourth downs today, Tulane. You can't get off the field if you're Oklahoma. It's been a problem. Uh, by the way, that targeting call, it was held up. It is targeting, and the drive continued mm -hmm. for Wisconsin. So a big run here, but they got a big third down. It's third and one with 424 left to go in the fourth. They are on the Penn State 14-yard line. We'll see if they can convert this. See what Wisconsin's got in the tool bag as this one comes down to the end. It's the Green Zone or Visa and the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide. Guides only $19.99 and available now. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and more. Sign up for VEASAN All Access. Get everything we offer for the entire football season. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Second and goal here for Wisconsin West. They are at the Penn State 
uh, seven-yard line, and I'm going to get more and more irritated as this goes along. So on first and goal, they decide to, of course, yeah, let's just run the ball. Except, which has been mm-hmm. a problem all game long, for some reason, Graham Mertz cannot get this running back exchange down. So it's a fumble that ultimately leads to Wisconsin recovering it. Second and goal, you pretty much run again. Another run play off the left side. This gets absolutely nothing. And now you're sitting at a third and goal from the exact same spot, hovering around the Penn State seven-yard line. Get a little imaginative inside the 10-yard line, West. Right. What are we doing? And speaking of imaginative, Tulane now 40-35 yep. to 35 here, 216 left to go. Now Tulane has three timeouts, but I got to think, you got to go onside kick here. You can't, I mean, you can't rely on that defense to stop the Oklahoma offense. I think this is probably where Willie Fritz has to take a stand here, even though you do have three timeouts, I would expect an onside kick is going to happen here. But uh, Oklahoma uh, has not been able to put Tulane away, and now it's 40-35, to 35, and they're just trying to escape for a win here. Two. 18 left to go in Norman. That's crazy. One of these teams had to deal with being displaced, their homes potentially being destroyed, distractions uh, everywhere, and yet there is uh, only one team that has been underwhelming at this point as a third and goal pass falls incomplete for Graham Mertz in Wisconsin. So they got fourth and goal with 226 left and pretty much the contest right here. Badgers uh, do not, do they have all three timeouts? I'm blind. They do. They do have yep. all three timeouts here. 2.26 left to go, and you are right, John. And a six-point game here. Wisconsin going to have to go for it. 16-10, to 10, Penn State is your leader. No live price currently at BetMGM right now. Timeout now on the field is uh, Wisconsin going to take that timeout offensively. It's like, Come and on, that's man. one thing that drives me crazy. Yep. It's like, why don't you have a play called there? Because now you're burning one of your timeouts. Now you only have two on defense. And if Penn State gets the first down, you're absolutely finished here. So you just gave them a timeout there. Uh, you got to be organized there, Paul Chris. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we were talking about this off the air, so we'll keep an eye on that and what's going to happen between those two. Uh, it does indeed look like Tulane is going to go for the onside, so we'll see if they recover it. We're underway with some of these 12-30 games, including West Virginia and Maryland. Big run here for the Terps has them set up on their own 40. Uh, looks like, yeah, we'll call it 39-yard line. Uh, West. Tulane's got it, John. Big, oh, they do, huh? 17 to go. Tulane oh, has it. Three oh, timeouts left. Wow, number two in the country in a home game that's not really a home game. This is, of course, supposed the to be played in The Tulane logo is on the field, Wes. The Tulane logo the is green, on the field. The green wave and the Tulane offense is about to be on the field because it uh, looked like the Oklahoma uh, receiver had it and then just kind of popped out here. Tulane, Johnny on the spot here. Wow. So the Tulane green wave is almost, thir- what were they, what was the close? 31 and a half, 31 John? and a half. Yeah, so uh, they're in danger right now, and now Wisconsin is in danger because that Graham Mertz pass is is intercepted. Penn State returning down the sidelines to their own 40-yard line. Wisconsin now down 16 to 10, only two timeouts left, 216 to go. Yeah, this is uh, this is a pretty bad showing from Wisconsin. Uh, given everything too, West yes. before you came on, I was talking about this. As you see the book going crazy here from the, from Circa. Think, think about it. now that they're down 16 to 10, 216, and only two timeouts. Congrats on burning that, that timeout, by the way, to throw an interception. Um, exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, great, great play that you drew up there. But the other part is, think about this first half. You you outgained them by nearly 100 yards, right? Like it was a little bit lower than mm-hmm. that. But regardless, 12 to one in terms of first down advantages, West. You had two drives and inside the Penn State 10 yard line, and yet you were scoreless. And now here you are about to potentially lose a game against a conference opponent, this was indeed like a very pathetic showing by the Badgers today. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I was on Penn State just on the number of five and a half, but I'm not going to, you know, pat myself on the back too much because Penn State, quite frankly, was not very impressive. Right. But new offensive coordinator, as I mentioned, with Fjursich there. But I got to give credit to the defense. I do think the defense made a lot of big plays here. Yeah, they gave up a few runs. You're always going to do that against Wisconsin because Wisconsin always seemingly can run the ball. And Penn State, who was absolutely outplayed, only had one first down in the first half and still managed to cover that number and because it was scoreless at halftime. So now Penn State just needs one first down and James Franklin and his guys going to get a big win. And by the way, this is a fortuitous spot in the schedule to get that win here if they can hold on. They've got their next four games at home the rest of the month in State College. So you could get a 5-0 and start for the Nittany Lions. Last year it was the absolute reverse 0-5 start. Yeah, uh, and by the way, Oklahoma uh, doing defensively 
putting up a relatively disappointing performance up to this point, but uh, holding strong here. Uh, there was a drop by a running back for Tulane out in the flat. That is ultimately something they're going to want back, and now they uh, pull off the sack here for a loss. So we'll see if Tulane on a big fourth down can convert this and keep this drive alive, keep the hope alive that they can. How about this? They put up the record, improved to 137-1 and against AP top five teams. So we'll see if Tulane can pull this thing off. Uh, also, mm-hmm. we had a bunch of games uh, that kicked off. We do have finals in the books, so we're on upset alert here for Oklahoma, potentially, although those embers are fading away. We had a pretty big upset just go final, did we not, Wes? We were talking about this. UConn, the massive favorite that they were, falls to Holy Cross. It's tough times there in stores. They're ready for basketball season, John. They're ready for uh, Gino Ariema and Danny Hurley to go ahead and get the basketball season in stores. 38 to 28. And our producer, Dan Miller, was like, is that really an upset? According to the odds makers, it is because UConn was a three-point favorite, but Holy Cross gets a dub here. 38 to 28 final score. And let's put a wrap on a couple other finals we didn't get to. Rutgers with a 60-burger today. 61 to 14 over the Temple Owls. Big cover. Minus 14 was the closing number. 52 your total. Rutgers gets that all by themselves. And uh, look, I think Rutgers and Greg Schiano, they have improved, but this is a massive rebuild for Rod Carey there in Philadelphia with Temple. They looked absolutely awful today. So that is a final, and also the Michigan Wolverines, that is officially a final score, 47-14, to 14 favorite Nover, get it done there. I uh, want to update, too, because we are at the break for a couple of the uh, for Fresno State and Oregon. Uh, Fresno State with a solid second quarter, West outscoring the Ducks 13-7. to 7. It is 21-13. to 13. Oregon up on top of and the break. And they cover that first half as well. Yep, that's yep. where I was going. They cover, they stay within that first half number. Multiple spots closing 10 or 11, depending on where you look. The first half total of 33 uh, is what the closing number was between those. So that goes just barely over. But Fresno State with a competitive first half there against Oregon. And, and as I mentioned before you came on, as we talked about all week, very odd spot for Oregon as they look ahead to Ohio State mm-hmm. coming up next week. That's a quality Fresno State team that they're hosting at this point right now. So Fresno State within eight. At the break. Okay, we'll take our break here. We'll update what's going on in Oklahoma and Tulane, and we're about to kick off between Alabama and Miami. It is a college football Saturday, and here at the Green Zone, we've got you covered for the next three hours, myself and Wes Reynolds. We'll be back here on VCND Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy 100 bucks. Register using code VISA100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on any college football game and either team scores a touchdown. No matter what your gridiron game is, BetMGM is always ready for the action. Enjoy parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on any college football game and either team scores a touchdown. How about that? If you use that promotion on Penn State Whiskey, you are sweating it out, baby. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. <laughs> new, new customer offer, paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. got to be 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So a couple of things here. One, uh, the upset bid is over. Tulane cannot get a stop. It was a tricky run on a, four, on a third, uh, fourth down, excuse me. Big run that ultimately falls short down by contact about a half yard short. So Oklahoma gets it back. They rumble forward for first down, and they're going to run this clock out. You get a completion here for Wisconsin and Graham Mertz, West, and it looks like illegal hands to the face on Penn State defensively. So a little life here, 103 left to go. But you and I were talking about this yep. off the air. That stupid timeout you burned before you throw an interception, you would have liked that back because you probably would have had about two minutes left to go instead of trying to scramble downfield in less than, or, you know, just over a minute trying to win this game. Yeah, and officially now a final score, 40-35 to 35, yep. Oklahoma does. Uh, stymie two lanes upset bid, and uh, uh, also uh, one of the games, the key games that kicked off in this 12:30 Pacific window, Iowa, very quick score on Indiana. Tyler Goodson around the right end for 56 yards, and uh, that was kind of the concern for the Hoosiers, at least on their defense. That back seven is very good, but that front four needs to be a little bit better, and they got absolutely blown up by that Iowa offensive line. And that's kind of what we said. You know, they replaced three starters on up front on that offensive line. But doesn't Iowa always have a good offensive line? I've been watching yeah. these guys for forever. And Kirk Ferentz, you know, for whatever criticism you want to give for his, his play calling or his in-game strategy that he's too conservative, he knows how to develop offensive linemen. And they can always run the ball. So uh, Iowa now up 7 to nothing on Indiana just about two and a half minutes into the game as the officials have in a conference. It looked like Michael Penix on a scramble did throw it forward. They are going to rule it an incomplete pass. There was thought that might have been a fumble, but Larry Smith, the referee, says incomplete pass, so now Hoosiers will live to fight another down, but a very sluggish start for the Hoosiers, both
both on both sides of the ball. Yep, and a uh, relatively quick start trying to get Bryce Young comfortable. Alabama and Miami are underway. Uh, Bryce Young, three of four early, 30 yards west, seven and seven and a half yards per attempt. Only one carry so far for Brian Robinson Jr., so trying to get him comfortable. And the Crimson Tide already in the end zone, up six to nothing early against Miami. So a blow for an under 62. Very quick drive against the Miami Hurricanes. It's a 7 nothing score after the extra point is good with 12 left to go in the first quarter. Yeah, and uh, waiting for some prices. And we'll get that up here at BetMGM when yep. they uh, go ahead and put up prices here. Uh, Marshall, by the way, an early score on Navy. Just two minutes into the game now, 7 nothing. Now minus 6.5 on the end game. Maryland, 3 nothing. They got a field goal on their first, first possession. About five minutes into the game. So West Virginia now minus 1.5. 56 and a half on the total, minus 135 on the money line, take back $1.05 on the Terps, and that is what is being posted right now. Iowa minus 7.5 currently in-game over Indiana, 50.5 is your current total. Alabama, you just mentioned they scored the first touchdown, now up to 24.5 point favorite, 63.5 on the total. Yep, and we should note too some of the other games as we uh, start to head into the second half for Fresno State and Oregon. Uh, for the game going forward here, Oregon a 16-point favor with a total of 64.5. So we'll see as these games now underway in this uh, window. Let's talk really quickly, Wes, uh, about some of these games that are going to get started in the next 45 minutes. Really just one I want to get your thoughts on. A really intriguing game between Texas and Louisiana. Texas, 8.5-point favor with a total of 58. It looks like as Graham Mertz is intercepted, this is all over. Penn State is going to win this game. Wisconsin, the 12th-ranked team in the country, is going to lose at home to the Nittany Lions by a score of 16-10. to 10. So Texas, well, what do you make of this? You and I, I think, talked about this a little off the air, a little on the air yesterday when we were filling in on My Guys of the Desert. I do think that the market, you know, it's, it's corrected itself a little bit here, right? We saw as high opener of about 9.5 mm -hmm. in favor of the Longhorns, got its way down to about 8, but now has made its way back to that 8.5 range. I do think that this Texas team is a little bit more live than the initial market push indicated. You know, I like Hudson Card overall from what you hear and read reports on, but I think there's a lot of talent around him offensively. This might not be the worst spot for Texas. I want to see if I can attack this in-game, get a cheaper price on the Longhorns, but what's your read on Texas here? Yeah, I'm the same way, too, because I think everybody kind of looks at the scheduling spot and says, okay, Texas has got to go to Arkansas next week, and then they have Rice, uh, former Southwest Conference rival, the following week, so they're thinking, okay, they're just going to look past the Raging Gajans. They're not going to look past these guys at all. It's Sark's debut down there as head coach in Austin. I don't think they're going to look past this team at all. And by the way, we have a deflection. Michael Penix throws the ball a little too hard. Deflected, intercepted by Iowa. Now 13-0, an extra point going to be pending. So a unauspicious start for the Indiana Hoosiers <laughs> in Kennick Stadium here. 2.15 left into the game. So uh, this is the Indiana I remember for about 30 years of my life watching this uh, program at my alma mater, JVT. So 13-0, uh, extra point pending there. But let's get back to ULL Texas. And look, ULL, we all remember that first weekend of college football in that topsy-turvy 2020 season. We remember ULL went to Iowa State and won outright as, I think, like 17-point underdogs and, and won convincingly against a very good Iowa State team in Ames that eventually went to the Fiesta Bowl and was in a New Year's Six Bowl. So... Tech, they're going to have Texas's attention here. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is something where it's like, eh, we got a directional school, we got a school from the Sun Belt, so no big deal. I understand the move on ULL when it was 14 and a half on the opener and the very shrewd betters, I think, knowing that this team is obviously very good and very capable. Look, they got a number by their name at the start of the preseason, which you don't see a lot in the Sun Belt, number 23 ULL against number 21 Texas, but... I did want to kind of buy low on Texas, but it's kind of like some of the betters decided to do it in advance and didn't mm -hmm. let us get those sevens. So those never appeared and those aren't going to appear. It's going to probably close eight and a half or nine. So I want to wait and attack this on the end game as well. But I do like Texas here. I think that they are going to be ready for these guys. I know Sark was kind of saying, well, I don't know how many games are going to win. Look, he's trying to temper expectations, I think, because he knows that he's in a high-pressure situation. He knows the expectations are high, that Texas believes that they should be a national championship contender every year because, by God, they're Texas. So he is trying to, I think, you know, 
keep his kids' confidence okay and then, you know, tell the fans, hey, we're going to get this done here, but it's going to take a little bit of time. But I do think this is a buy-low spot on Texas. I want to see maybe if ULL gets off to a good start and then if you can get seven or less somewhere in the end game, I think it's go time on the horns. Uh, interesting choice here early for Miami. So Hurricanes it looks like clearly trying to get uh, Dear King a little comfortable, some easy rollouts and throws and single options. But on a third and seven, West, they decide to just run the ball on the right side. Uh, it is stopped. Yeah. Now, uh, for somebody, again, who's got an under, you don't mind. Uh, but an interesting play call there for Miami. So they punt the ball back to Bryce Young in the Crimson Tide. Bryce Young on a great touchdown throw rolling out to his right. Have the tide up seven to nothing. You don't love the early play call there on a third and seven, though. And interesting, you know, again, just speculation for the most part, Wes, but given you have a quarterback coming off of a serious injury on the first true passing down, you decide to run it to the right side. Right. So, uh, look, and I think what Miami is trying to do, it's kind of a little bit like maybe what Minnesota and P.J. Fleck try to do on Thursday night. Yeah. When you've got an explosive offense like Ohio State had and clearly like Alabama has, I know that they lost a lot of personnel, a couple of first-round draft picks at receiver, and then, of course, Najee Harris at running back. But it's that old cliche, they don't rebuild, they reload. So there's plenty of talent on that offensive side of the ball for Alabama. Uh, nevertheless, even though we're both on the under and we recognize that, but I think that's what Miami is trying to do. They want to possess the ball, rest that defense, and, you know, control the time of possession. And it did work for a while on Thursday for Minnesota. So Miami kind of trying to make that work for them. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, update a couple scores here. By the way, West Virginia has taken the lead. 7-3 to three now over Maryland. About nine minutes left to go. WVU minus 3.5, and 60.5 on the total. Cincinnati Bearcats on the board. First against Miami of Ohio. 7 nothing. very early, just four minutes into that game, 29 and a half, the current in-game spot on Cincinnati, 52 and a half, and then back to Iowa City, Iowa 14 points, and they've run four offensive plays, Hoosiers in a world of hurt, <laughs> at least early on here, Iowa minus 12 and a half, 57 and a half, your current total, as uh, Michael Penix will take the field again, just threw that too hard, and that's kind of been the book on Penix, is sometimes he needs to mix in the change up in the slider, and not go with the fastball, just threw that too hard, deflected off a receiver, and then it goes six points the other way for the Hawkeyes. Look, we see that a lot, and I think we saw it a couple of times with Rattler today. Wes, you and I were talking mm -hmm. about this yesterday. We saw it with Doug, Brum, uh, Doug Brumfield, starting quarterback for UNLV, in that game, right, against Eastern Washington. Like, you got a live arm, but sometimes you got to put a little loft on it as opposed to a zip. Yeah. And sometimes that leads to high yeah. throws, and sometimes that leads to turnovers. Yeah, you need some touch here, and uh, the Hoosiers also need a running game. Uh, nice pitch play to Stephen Carr, who, of course, people remember, and USC fans remember, is that he was the running yeah. back out there, now a graduate transfer, has won the job at Indiana. So you need a running game going at least, and uh, this Iowa defense usually very good in the trenches, not only on defense but on offense. We've already seen it with that long touchdown run that they sprung. So uh, Hoosiers got a first down here, but still 14 to nothing early on, a big early hole in Kennedy. Stadium. Yeah, so those are the uh, pretty much, we'll call them the, the noon games, even though they all kicked off at about 12.30. We did have some games that kicked off a little bit earlier than that. Oregon and Fresno State still at the break, it seems, so that 21-13 lead holds there. Arkansas down 10-7 to to Rice. Uh, that one at the break as well. Air Force Lafayette 28-7. Falcons have that 28-7 lead. Lafayette threatening right now at the Air Force 28-yard line. Cincy, Miami, Ohio. Cincy's got a 7-0 lead, and they are right now at the Miami, Ohio 20-yard line. Then we've got a bunch of games that are going to start to kick off in that 1 o'clock hour, including pretty interesting matchup. Mississippi State, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite over Louisiana Tech. Missouri over Central Michigan as well. Mizzou, 14-point favorite over Central Michigan. An intriguing Missouri team as well. A lot of returning personnel. Maybe a high ceiling for that club. On the other side, I want to pick Wes's brain. we got a matchup that's going to kick off in SoCal in an hour. How live is the defending Mountain West Conference champion San Jose State on the road against USC? Let's find out on the other side here in the Green Zone. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters 
every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.